episode, we read and discuss A's blog, What Happened When I Watched Suffragette, a film about the fight for women's rights to vote and A's revelation about what still needs to happen for women to gain equality today. This is Pushing Boundaries with TNA. I'm T. And I'm A. Welcome, welcome. 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 <laughs> so I, I went to Telluride Film Festival. Whoa. Which was amazing. But don't tell anybody because then everyone's going to start going and I don't want it that to happen. <laughs> <laughs> to be that popular. It's kind of a difficult town to fly into. Did you have any delays? Yes. I guess it's summer. I, really? I drove. Oh. We dro- I mean, I was with Oh, the, my God. I, you didn't know this? From Los Angeles? That's kind of far. It was a long. It was 14 hour. 14 hours. Damn. But it was lovely. It was with a couple of girlfriends and we had fun and it was nice. But it anyway, nice. it was it was beautiful. Um, we have some, I think we po- I posted some pictures on our Instagram and whatnot, but it's just stunning country. Anyway, the point is the film festival had amazing films there. Suffragette was one of them. Yes. Uh, the Suffragette, I just want to note, directed by Sarah Gavron, starring Meryl Streep and Carrie Mulligan. Mm-hmm. And it was really cool because it's a very intimate uh, venue, Telluride Film Festival. And every, like Meryl Streep was there. Rachel McAdams was there. Totally different film. But, um, and Sarah Gavron, the director, was there doing a bunch of panels, as well as Abby Morgan, who's the writer. And they're all incredible, of course. But it was wonderful to hear them talk and, and to hear the spirit behind the film and, and all of that. But I, and I was really looking forward to seeing it when I was there. I saw it opening night and um, actually it was in the morning. It was like 8 a.m. <laughs> so I go in. And so by anyway, the way, this is a film that's not out yet, but it it's will not. be like this year. We don't know. It's coming out in October. Oh, right. October of 2015. Okay. So I, I had this amazing experience and I, and I wrote the, it, all day. I was just befuddled by this experience that I had watching this movie. So I wrote about it and I... Uh, T and I are we're going this is something we're going to continue to do is write our blogs and read them because I know that some of you prefer to listen to audio some of you prefer to read so we're just going to cross yeah, pollinate those here of and you driving in the car exactly then you don't have to go and read the thing you can just hear my beautiful voice all right giddy up let's <laughs> see what you have to say I'm curious here we go I mean it's it's a longer blog so be prepared okay <laughs> I was recently at Telluride Film Festival and was privileged to see director Sarah Gavron and writer Abby Morgan's new movie, Suffragette. I cringed when the female protesters were brutally beaten back by police officers. Tears rolled down my cheeks as Maud, Carrie Mulligan, was kept from her son. And at the end of the film, I sat there in the dark, unsure of my emotional stability. As those around me left, something deep within me rumbled to the surface. A dark and sullen sadness crept up through me until I sobbed. I sat there alone and sobbed. My rational mind sifted through my sadness, and I saw that while the suffragette story was moving, what broke me was the realization that this type of treatment toward females has taken place for the majority of human history. Intellectually, I knew this, but seeing this movie activated something inside me. It was a visceral response, as if thousands of years of women's suffering came crashing through me at once. Perhaps it was some genetic reminder Millennia of DNA mysteriously activated, whispering similarly horrific tales of my female ancestors through every cell of my body. Perhaps it was a past life memory echoing through me, or a parallel universe. Some inexplicable rip in time leaving a life, or lives, of inequality and repression reverberating through my being. Whatever it was, it felt as if floodgates inside me to some heretofore unknown dam burst. 
The lights went up and I had to leave. My sobs had subsided, but quiet tears continued to roll ceaselessly down my cheeks, and I walked in a daze through the festival crowd, grateful for the long, relatively solitary walk back into town. I thought and thought and thought as I stared at the sidewalk, slowly putting one foot in front of the other. What bothered me, what deeply saddened me and broke my heart was society's seemingly endless need to mutilate the beauty and the power of the feminine. It happened with the Salem witch hunts, with the Druids, with the Spanish, Spanish Inquisition, and in all the years between. Women, the female, the feminine, told they are a lesser entity, suppressed, repressed, and pushed into a tight little manageable box. My, man swam, my mind swam around one question. Why? Why has this been so important to the leaders of the world throughout the dawn of human history? The answer came to me immediately. The word slammed into my mind, because you are that powerful. And it all unfolded before me. Yin and yang, light and dark, night and day, male and female, all equal but opposite. In the world of nature, balance and harmony ultimately rule, and opposing forces must each be allotted their necessary time and respect for the world to function. A plant cannot grow if it is only in the sun. And while I couldn't excuse the need by the male to expunge the female as an equal force, I could understand it. It's the male way. To penetrate, to overcome, to dominate. I love these qualities about the male, but the male without the female creates disharmony, a disturbance, an upset in the natural kingdom, disorder and chaos, like light without the dark. Female without male is simply the other side of the same problem. And females behaving as males, stifling their feminine nature in order to participate in the male paradigm is simply another facet to disharmony. Each must be recognized for what they uniquely have to offer. They each must be given their space in the world, equal but opposite, male and female. I have yin and yang, light and dark, male and female inside of me. I'm born of the natural world, how could I not? I love my male side, the part of me that charges into the world, impregnating it with the seeds of my thoughts and actions. But I know when I spend too much time in this space, I become too strong. I forget to stop and love those around me, to receive the love of those around me. I feel overly rational and sensitive to the beauty of the world. I feel dry and brittle, and my right shoulder, hip, and knee tighten. I also love my female side, the part of me that patiently holds space for all of my creations, that remains receptive and vulnerable to everything and everyone around me. My female experience is my fuel, the substance that feeds and inspires me to penetrate the world. But when I spend too much time here, I become lost in my feelings, listless and uninspired without the experience of progress and movement. I love both, and I need both. There are women who push their femininity away in order to be strong and be seen as an equal in the male world. And there are those who rely on their beauty and feminine inspiration to manipulate those around them, a misuse and abuse of an incredible ability. But none of these thoughts satisfied the distortion I felt within me. I shuffled along the path, tears still rolling as I continued to question myself. Outwardly, forward motion to equality was happening, Women are equal for the most part. In the Western world, at least, women have all of the same civil rights as men. 
we are CEOs and politicians. It's illegal and not socially acceptable to beat your partner. We can vote, buy land, sign checks, make our own money, have rights to our children, and control our birth rate. And while there is still a pay gap and a rather large ratio of male-to-female leadership positions, we have undeniably come a long, long way. But something tugged at the corners of my mind, pulling at my attention, and I remembered the story of Meredith Shivers. One of the current leaders in female sexuality research, she shares her story of being in class, in college, when a close-up of a vagina was shown. Her peers, both male and female, unanimously erupted with ew and gross. Yet with the male, when the male anatomy was shown, silence. This was less than 10 years ago. With all the equality we have fought for and gained, this simple, modern-day, college classroom reaction to our genitalia shows the true, current, underlying, and very real state of our equality. Despite all our forward motion, the feminine, the female, still disturbs. We are that powerful, but we still don't know it. It was this dichotomy, this illusory experience of equality was, that was the source of my confusion and discontent. Being a powerful woman does not mean participating in the world like a man. It does not mean being promiscuous like a man, unemotional, physically focused. We can be promiscuous like a woman, full of vulnerability and sensuality. It doesn't mean doing business like a man or leading like a man. I want a female president, sure, but not if she's going to think and act like a man. That's just anatomy. I want a woman as a leader. Morphing our femininity to fit into the male-dominated world is a warped version of the female. It will not lead to happiness and it will not lead to balance. But how can we expect our world to change if we don't embody the change ourselves? We must seek to understand the true nature of our feminine power by asking ourselves where within us our own discomfort with the feminine lies. How many women feel comfortable enough in their bodies to traipse around in the nude in front of their lovers, shoulders squared, breasts out, lights on? Or who can orgasm, really? Or who are shameless over the amount of sexual desire they have or don't have? Or who are comfortable voicing their own sexual preferences, inhibitions, or embracing their right for satisfaction or solitude? I mention the physical because it is the most basic element of humanity and it can act as a reflection of the, of the foundation upon which it is built, our thoughts, beliefs, and actions. Although the picket lines and bludgeoning police are gone, the psychological imprints of our battles echo, th echo through us, a background of whispers of inadequacy, lack of worth, and lack of power. In order for true equality to be won, a deeper respect and understanding for the female, the yin, the dark, must be cultivated. And it must start within each of us. I don't have all the answers, and I still don't fully understand my own femininity and power, but I am willing to continue the search within myself for them. I am willing to uncover my wounds and challenge my beliefs in my quest for ultimate understanding and empowerment of myself as a woman. And I ask you to join me and do the same. Question yourself, understand yourself, and know that our fight for equality now is on a much more subtle level. It is within us. All the while, remember that the power we possess as women is so remarkable as to command the attention of thousands of years of attempted repression because we are that powerful. Never forget this power.
strive to learn what it is, and once gained, we must always use it wisely. The end. That was so beautiful. (laughs) Really inspiring. We're going to take a little break, and when we get back, we're going to talk about all the nuances and juicy details of this complicated topic. (laughs) Check out our site at pbwitha.com, and please tweet us at tasextalk to join the conversation. with Pushing Boundaries with TNA. I'm T. And I'm A. And we are talking about A's experience after she saw the film Suffragette uh, and her blog post about um, what happened when she saw it (laughs) (laughs) Um, at the Telluride Film Fest. You know, we had a nice discussion about the role of art the other night as well. You and I. Yeah. Mm. And and, uh, thank you, A. A's blog thank you reading it (laughs) to you talking now uh but just that idea of taking a problem or something that you know is is out of balance Mm -hmm. and highlighting it and talking about you know what's on the other side what's the options and it's I don't know using using our ability to write and tell stories and this kind of thing with with that motivation in mind Mm -hmm. thanks it was really nice um Gosh, the whole balance thing. I, you know, I think so much about uh, lately, actually, and maybe this is also this sort of return to Saturn, or you know, or I don't even know what a return of Saturn. Your, your, your late twenties, like Saturn return, right? Yeah, and at the end. But I'm at a transitional time in my life where I'm um, reflecting a lot on my mother, and I, I, like, I wake up in the morning thinking about her a lot and mm-hmm. thinking about past memories as we were children, and I. Um, I grew up with my father mm-hmm. and uh, and I know a you also you actually with your I feel like you had a really close bond with your mother but you mm-hmm. have a lot of brothers and I do. a very male dominated like I have three lovely world. brothers <laughs> yeah I mean what's funny is my best friends I grew up with were all women it was like four sisters and a mom and so it was like this full brood of women and wow. the you know and the dad who was felt totally neutralized by, by <laughs> feminine energy uh, but but you know growing with my dad and I always like admired my older brother so much mm-hmm. and I very much had at a young age, a desire to be a boy. I had this whole phase where I dressed as a boy and, you know, wore short hair and mm-hmm. somehow that was empowering for me. Mm-hmm. And I think as sure. a youth, there's in youth, you're, that happens you're, often. Yeah. And right. I, but I think you're experimenting and learning what those, uh, limits are like right. in masculine and feminine. Right. Cause I also like to wear party dresses. <laughs> uh, you know, but I share that to say that I, I really have lately become more attuned to, how much I'm exercising my masculine energy mm-hmm. and the feminine is out of balance. And, um, and that's usually where like unhealthy things happen or, sure. yeah, you know, uh, when I have anxiety or I'm not feeling well or, or a physical ailment, like all of it's kind of tied together. Mm. Yeah, no, I, I can totally see that. And, you know, you mentioned the thing, like when you were a kid, And that's the thing. It's like what I was talking about is, I mean, who knows where these programs come from regarding 
not just gender. It's not even I like I made a special note at the end of the blog, which I forgot to mention, but it, I, I wasn't I'm talking about polarity, black, white. There's two, you know, just two ends of the spectrum. It doesn't it's not gender. I'm saying it's independent of gender. Right. So, well, I like your point. It's it's in men and women. Exactly. And so right. even men listening now. Sure. And a homosexual man may relate as more as a feminine with, you know what I mean? But there's still right. both exist in, in everyone. But as a kid, yeah, there's more freedom, hopefully, if it's in a healthy environment, to explore that. But there's still that programming hasn't necessarily been learned or adopted, perhaps, or maybe there's less of it. But then as we age and we go through adolescence and young adulthood and all of that, it, you, you, I mean, you're just in the environment, so you just absorb the story well, I more. Had a, I had a really powerful conversation uh, at Burning Man, incidentally, <laughs> after a, I did a... Where powerful an, conversations Yeah, lie. with an Iranian woman who now lives in Canada. I mean, I think at some point, you know, the family moved over during war and turbulence. And, um, and we were talking about that kind of defeminizing process yes. that happened. And it's like, in our youth, we would talk about having babies or talk, you know, and I, I get that it's everything, but, but kind of a more feminine existence. Mm-hmm. And then after, I mean, she said she felt kind of after going through the schooling system and academia and, you know, an accomplished woman with a master's degree, all this sort of thing, all of a sudden negating it and almost resenting it and really having a negative perspective on it saying, on I wh- don't want children. Okay, I don't, yeah. I'm denying my feminine you know, I hate the feminine attributes of my body. Right. This kind of thing, like a, a rejection of it. Mm-hmm. And um, and then when I look at it, you know, I have to agree. Like I, you know, I feel like it's the the most obvious manifestation of it is to say, I don't want baby. You know, I'm not having right. children. I'm not doing I'm that. I'm rejecting female, womanly, natural duties. Right. And that's, that's the most, like I said, the most obvious symbol of what female energy is. Right. right? Um. Yeah, I mean, my question would be, though, because I understand that life goes through phases, and certainly I go through them as well, where, you know, sometimes you're doing something in life that requires more more of that male penetrative, you know, strength thing. I guess what I, and, and that's okay. I'm not saying don't, you know, don't allow yourself to go into those phases because you, you always want to go where the flow is, I feel. But I guess in general as i as i examine or and experience also this trend of feminism that's going on right now the larger picture i guess is what i'm kind of referring to where i see this hmm, i mean it's in media it's it's in my friends who drive for uber who see this you know very male crassness in in young women where they're behaving like men and spitting and talking and farting, literally farting like men. And uh, well, this this push it's for a, that, a, that equality, right. is The right to mimic, yes, male right, behavior. and the, and this assumption or this distorted perspective on equality that equality means being like a man, and yeah, this the is same. the huge error that really alarms me, and which is what caused me to write write this. Um, and I, you'll see that this is a theme throughout our show because it's something that I'm passionate about. But I, I feel like it's dangerous to do that because it, that's when we're ignoring the feminine and we're not we're not really honoring the feminine when we do that. We're we're basically saying we are sort of 
in subtext, actually disempowering ourselves and saying, well, our feminine qualities aren't really that great or too emotional. I don't know, whatever. So let's just be more like men. Right. And, and that's, yeah. and that's what concerns me. And so I feel like we almost a, a discussion that's saying, see, we as women are equal. We can be just like you. We can be just exactly. like you. See, we, right. can't, we can do everything that you do. And I feel and it's, it's less yeah. about that and more. No, no, we aren't the same, but we do deserve. But but I think. Rights. Right. And I think. Um, or rights that accommodate. Well, not even just rights. I mean, the rights are. Yes, that's one step of it. But but. Uh, hmm. Well, I mean, even I feel personally, I feel like. Like women get a lot of shit, really, for being too emotional Mm -hmm. and I haven't cracked the code on this but Mm -hmm. my sense is that well there's I think there's a gem there there's a reason why women are sort of programmed or chemically more emotional let's make it work for us there's actually a a barometer it's a barometer exactly let's let's happening in the room right and let's figure out how to strengthen that quality and put it in the right context put it in the right place give it an opportunity to be used and expressed healthfully so that we can actually help in the boardroom. You know what I mean? As opposed to, but yeah, if I'm trying to be behaving like a man and, you know, the emotional. Turning it off. Right. And turning it off. That's just. Negating intuition. Exactly. Well, and negating our authentic selves as women also. Yeah. And disempowering ourselves. And it, it's a, a, it's an action that is, um, you know, participating in this feedback loop of. Well, and this like is you bad. said, Women also for men to be tapped into that side as well. Um, I think, you know, the other night we were talking a bit about uh, guys we know who have cried in front of us. Sure. And not, you know, but but that freedom of emotion. And right. to me, that's a very balanced masculine feminine energy. I actually mm-hmm. don't cry very easily at all. And I lean mm. towards the masculine. Mm. I mean, I, I do. I just do. Mm-hmm. Um, as far as that energy goes, where I'm like the space I'm comfortable in that's mm-hmm. most familiar. Um <laughs> So when I see men more in balance, working well, on it. yeah, you're right, and I and um and you're and it does. I and I'm not just I am speaking to women because I think I think, well, it's the whole man in the mirror thing. It has to start with you, whatever you want in life. So if we're walking, you know, if Great we're going song, through this feminine, I know. <laughs> if we're going through this world, you know, with right now with this whole feminist and and wanting equality and, you know, going then we have yeah we have to exhibit that within ourselves and and um. You know, I just had a recently it was on on Facebook, but did you have a thought? Yeah. Of, were you finishing? No, I yeah, my thought was in a, I was on a I was going oh, I'm somewhere. I'm sorry. I thought that's no, okay. It was a pause. No, my point was <laughs> I forgot it. It's gone. Sorry. Well, when it comes back, you can interject me. That will be fair. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I was having a, di- a discussion with someone on uh, on Facebook and it it was about healthcare. I mean, this came up with the Planned Parenthood thing mm-hmm. that's happening right now with with Congress trying to defund it. Um, also, just recently, they voted against equal pay, like an equal pay law on the books for men and women. Right. Yeah, I saw that. So we are maybe in a state of alarm uh, in our country right now. I don't know if you all are aware, but <laughs> uh, some serious problems. Uh, but but the Planned Parenthood discussion, um, almost aside from what that specific clinic does, if you support it or not. It, What's happening, and I think this ties to the idea of equality and acknowledging the feminine, which is that our that there should be a like the lowest or the bar that we're trying to reach should be equality in healthcare, which is that women have more needs for their healthcare, mm-hmm. and rather than saying 
they're a weight on our society because they need more attention. Uh, it should actually be because the women of our species need more attention. That is the bar that we need to be at with our health care. That's where we start to make sure that the people who procreate, who keep our species continuing forward, have have the most well you know and but this to me is but men are equally involved in that like women are not the only ones who keep our species procreating we can't do that without men no but i'm saying we have more needs with health so they need to be addressed and acknowledged and supported rather than underfunded which is where they currently are right and so i I mean totally right well but for me that's a very i mean that's a political representation of of right i mean all these things are rights in general yes all of the like the right to vote you know the right for abortion or and supported healthcare. all of those are physical manifestations in our culture and our society parenthood doesn't necessarily equal abortion which i think has also been correct yes more it's healthcare. it's healthcare. sure scanning for cancer right for for people who can't afford it and i'll tell you what i've been going through this myself it's freaking i have health insurance i pay however many hundreds a month for it and i still you don't have access i still don't have access i'm like i i literally like i the only way i can afford to do what you're telling me i need to do is to go to planned parenthood right right (laughs) it's like unless they defund it anyway so that's it's a separate topic but separate and all and folded in (laughs) no but i know but but i mean yes all of these are uh important for sure and 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 i and they are representative but uh, and we can go to the picket line and we can you know but this goes back to i think you didn't use this word in in the blog but i i to me an idea of entitlement for equality as a woman and given like what go ahead well no i'm just saying that it's that it's these are all out external representations and we can write our congressmen we can do you know all of these things and we should and that's great However, we can also look within ourselves and examine, you know, how I, I go inside. And, and that's what I'm calling for. I mean, it changes the it shifts the value system. If we start valuing femininity differently within each of us, then everything like person by person, individual by individual, it creates a mass mindset that also that tips the scales and starts to shift you'll see media shifting you'll which you already are but you'll see it more and and i'm and i well no that's well said i i just you saying that makes me think of what you referenced within the blog about also um like you said kind of in the physical form like in your sexual relationships this Mm -hmm. kind of thing uh finding a comfort and a value in your own experience as a woman Mm mm-hmm Again, we're talking specifically now about women instead of kind of that balance. But well, even men, right? Like speaking up about where where their comfort zone is, and but you, yeah, you see that happening a lot with women not speaking up. And and um, on that very basic level, I find that your partner usually wants you to feel good too. And and what am I trying to say? I I think it's most, supported. Most, you're saying yes, so. Most people want to respect each other, right? And often they're not aware that they're disrespecting you or making you feel smaller or, you know, what I mean, or negating you. And right. it's like only by what you're saying, by finding that internal balance. Mm-hmm. Um, can you have that confidence to speak, to speak up, to go, Oh, you know, even in this little way, Right. And you even know, when I, I, I would, you know, drawing a line or whatever. Right. And even if I, you know, when I examine my own journey as a woman and, and I, I, 
I feel like an empowered woman. There are always ways in which I could go. You can go further, of course, right? But where I started 10 years ago when I was 20 was, I mean, yes, externally, again, it's like, okay, yeah, I'm a normal, healthy 20-year-old from a healthy family and everything seems to be okay. But um, states, you know, hi, I'm so-and-so's daughter, like the name of your mother, which I like because there's, well, globally, there's an issue of actually some kids say, I think it was an article about Afghanistan. I mean, they didn't know the names of their mother Mm -hmm. because the the mother's so neutralized. Obviously, (laughs) it's in an extreme country. Um, But, but yeah, I mean, even here, we take the father's name when they marry, right? Um, Actually, in Colombian culture, they take both names, which is sort of, and they have kind of more of a matriarch, Mm -hmm. um, the Spanish heritage, interestingly enough. Um, (laughs) I know this world is so confusing. (laughs) Uh, But, but, I guess I so the I am that girl clip it's like they so they start with that and then they talk about what they loved about what they love about themselves and what's unique and what um maybe wasn't accepted or was obvious when they were young Mm -hmm. right and so I think it's just giving voice and and anyone and like since we're in a phase of of women finding their voice Mm -hmm. it's it's helpful to have these kinds of messages being Mm -hmm. put out there right to empower girls who are hung up on almost like things that don't matter like how am I conforming to the stereotype of beauty right and And you're wasting energy instead of finding a stronger voice sure and part of that is adolescence your mind is going to be caught up in how you're perceived and that's just part of the human uh developmental process development yeah and but you had mentioned something from that website where they were highlighting the emotional blocks that these women had in all different aspects of their lives and really looking at them and targeting them and 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 I applaud that because that's exactly what we have endeavored to do with this show is looking at all the areas that you and I, T, have issues, whatever it may be, had giving a blowjob or receiving mm-hmm. oral Great sex episode. or, yeah, or, or anything, education. So it's looking at, and I think that's how we can, again, relate it, give ourselves power and, and participate in this movement in a positive and effective way is to go in and look at where all those blocks are within us, where we're uncomfortable. For men and women. For men and women, but especially for women, like, you know, why are you uncomfortable naked? What, like, really dig down. It is, you have to, probably will have to dig. Is it something that you learn from your family? Is it something you've been told? Like, and to really target those stories and question them. On that note, you can read the blog uh, titled... <laughs> Suffer something about suffrage. No, what happened when I watched <laughs> Suffragette uh, at pbwithta.com. We'd love for you to comment there. Uh, you can call in, leave a voicemail to let us know what you think. Um, your own experiences with finding the male and female balance. Any questions? Yeah. Uh, tweet us at TA Sex Talk. Check out our Instagram and Facebook. At um, TA Sex Talk Podcast. Did we leave anything out? Anything else. And um, if you do like what you're hearing, please subscribe on iTunes and write a review. That is the best way to help us. Thank you're you. listening to Pushing Boundaries with TNA. I'm T. And I'm A.